2: scott christopher lloyd is coming to star wars the batman is coming to hbo max sooner than you think and we are talking about the last decade of disney So I just want to let everybody know out there that um, for the... Th- that was my third take um, on the intro there, and the thir- I almost got it wrong again, I pretty much did. Um, for some reason I cannot, I'm not capable of saying, Great Scott, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is coming to Star Wars. So that was a really a big tongue twister for me, I'm not sure why. Yeah. That was really challenging, Um, but please try not to it. judge too harshly, we made it through. Um, so, Adam, how are you this evening as we're recording on you know, this Monday evening?
1: I'm okay. I'm tired, back's hurting. Do you know how? Do you happen to know how much a uh, 12 foot long sheet of drywall weighs? Ooh, I'm guessing a lot. About 77 pounds. And you know how I know oh, that? yeah, because you you had so to. I carry was doing that all day. <laughs>
2: a bunch of them. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's what I've been up to today. Um, but I'm I doing see. okay. How about you?
2: Not bad, I had a pretty long day at work. um I had to attend a board meeting, a school board meeting um mm. at, after work, so I was waiting there a couple hours before that started. Then I finally got home around eight, ate some dinner, pretty much got on here, and here we go. Wait, so you to had over. to wait for your meeting to start yeah, that's right, um that's because rough, it didn't start till six. So yeah, and I wasn't at my, I live an hour, almost an hour away from, uh, 40 miles away okay. from my So you can't really go workplace. home and go back. So I yeah. couldn't go home and come back. Mm. Um, I just stayed there and got a bunch of stuff done. That is rough. It was productive, though. That's good. Yeah. So do you have anything to recommend for us this week? You know, honestly, I forgot about that until you just said it. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. Well, how about I give mine, and if anything comes to mind, you. you it's can not like one. I
1: do this every week.
2: Go ahead. If not, I can do two. You know, I love to do two. My first one is on Apple TV Plus or whatever all the pluses. A movie called Coda, and I have to say, I really, 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 really enjoyed this movie. Um, and it is up for a best picture, and I think it actually deserves the best picture, in my opinion, from the movies I've seen so far. It's a story about a, a high school girl who is growing up in a mostly deaf family. She's the only one that isn't deaf. And her family has really had to rely on her for um, pretty much all her life to communicate and interpret what others are saying. And um, they basically have this fishing business, but she's a really good singer. She really wants to get into to singing and she's very talented. Um, and this is all about how she kind of tries to balance these two big parts of her life with her family counting on her, but she wants to achieve her own dreams as well. And there's really a lot of great humor in it um, with all the sign language and everything. Um, there's They're like swearing as they're signing and they're making like, you know, crude jokes as well <laughs> that nobody else can understand. <laughs> and it's, just, it's, a, it's a lot. It's very funny. Um, it's, it's very enjo- enjoyable. Um, I thought it was really well done.
1: So if it's called so Coda, does it all it. take place after the credits?
2: No. Oh. Um Coda stands for I think children of ba- deaf. Okay, that was just a bad dad. Something though. or other. That um, <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Sorry. No, but uh you know, I I think Apple T V plus is maybe like five bucks a month or something like that. So even if you just Got it for a month. It's almost yeah. as much or less it's, than a movie rental. You get it for a little while with a new iDevice. I actually... Mm-hmm. We
1: have the Apple... What's it called? Apple One or something like that. Uh, that has the cloud storage with uh, Apple Music and mm-hmm. Apple TV+. Plus. And a few other things that I don't really use. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like twenty bucks a month for all three of those, which Mm -hmm. isn't bad because we would have done the family plan for Apple Music, which is fifteen. You know, plus if we did Apple TV Plus, it's another five anyway. So,
2: yeah. So, I I, again, I would highly recommend this movie. I, you know, I just really enjoyed it more even than I thought I would, and there's a few tear jerking moments as well that kind of got me a little bit too. So it has some heart in addition to the humor and and the good. Good story and good everything, so it's a really uh, feel-good type of movie.
1: Very cool. So I guess the only thing I've really been doing now that I've been thinking about this a little bit is I've been playing some Switch lately in my downtime, and I was uh, uh, I've been working my way through the Mario 3D All Stars collection, which includes Mario 64 mario sunshine and galaxy and i've been playing galaxy and uh i kind of forgot because was I, I played mario galaxy way back you know when it was i mean i played all of these way back when they were new mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i've been playing mario galaxy lately and uh you know i'll, I'll throw that out as a recommendation it's it's, it's kind of awkward because i forgot how much i loved it and also get frustrated with it because yeah um, yeah it's it's a little funky, uh, you know, with all these little, like, mini planets that you're kind of walking around, like, the gravity and the, uh, like, the upside down is really kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> it can um, be
2: frustrating. I remember playing that there's game.
1: There's times where I just <clears throat> accidentally end up walking in circles because I can't figure out which way to <laughs> push the joystick, <laughs> uh, to, you know, yep. um, I can't figure out which way real. is up, yeah. Uh, but, you know, other than that, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's fun yeah, yeah. to revisit it on, on Switch and have that collection. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll go with that.
2: Nice. We love the Mario games, all of them in this household, and we frequent them on the Switch as well. So thank you for that excellent recommendation. And let's head into our One Question, Roll Them All segment. So just to recap last week's One Question to Rule Them All, we asked about your favorite Batman actor after seeing Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson took that one with 55% of the vote, followed by Christian Bale at 40%, and Michael Keaton at 5%. Um, We've discussed the Batman quite a bit, so... Let's move on to this week's poll question, because we're going to talk about Disney today and the past 10 years, the past decade of Disney, this current Disney era. And so the question is, overall, in the past 10 years, Disney as a company has, and here are the options, exceeded expectations, met expectations, performed below expectations, or completely fallen apart. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the question we're asking this week. Um and you gotta Adam, define expectations
1: you want... on your own. So you these, yes, your, your own, own expectations. expectations. This isn't anybody else's. Right. So your own expectations. Right. I think for me Yes. Um you know, I, I I there's some things that I really get frustrated at them with. Like like really bad. <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. overall mm-hmm. I think they've exceeded my expectations. So I would go with that
2: in terms of, for me, I agree in terms of products that they put out, um, maybe not always decisions that they make, but in, t- in in terms of products that they put out movies, um, the theme parks, the rides that, I mean, Disney has made me feel like a kid again in the last 10 years in a way that I didn't expect. um, and I can't give Disney all the credit because you have to give some to the Lucasfilm and the individual people that were involved in all these projects and Marvel and everything. Um, but for me, I think it has exceeded my expectations and um, brought back a level of excitement to movie going um, and going to the theme parks and everything, too. So
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if we broke this down by different aspects of the company, my answer would change depending on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, theme parks is one of those ones where it might be, like, met expectations or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hovering around there, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse. Um, I think their animation has been stellar the last 10 years, yeah, animation, so that is definitely yeah. exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, so I don't want to...
0: Yeah, I think we're going to get into much.
2: greater detail yeah. Yeah, in our main, main segment, so stay tuned for that, and we have a special guest for that segment as well. Um, well, let's head right into our news for this week, and uh, we're, we're going to start once again with the box office. Sold out? Every
3: copy. Tomorrow
1: morning, Spider Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with
2: page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. I okay. make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! Um, no surprise to anyone, the Batman continues to dominate the box office. Um, it doesn't have a whole lot of competition to speak of right now, and I think that um, has uh, something to do with its success, in addition to it being just Could a be. wonderful yeah. film. Yeah. But. Um, but this weekend it earned another thirty-six point eight million domestically to raise its domestic total to three hundred million. Um, and while that ranks behind the third weekends of The Dark Knight and Wonder Woman, um, it, it's it still has done a a very nice job at the box office. Um, I haven't looked at them and I'm not sure if if you know or can can look into this what what the worldwide total is so far, but it is. At 300 million domestically. Um, And I I still wonder if it can hit, I think it'll hit worldwide somewhere between 800 million and a billion. Um, I really think it can hit those numbers if it continues to trend this way.
1: Uh, It looks like at the moment
2: it's about 600 million worldwide. Okay. So yeah, it it looks like it could get up above $800 million and maybe even close. We'll see what happens here and in, in the competition that it, that it faces in the near future. That is the box office report. And uh, we're going to move into our first story here in Star Wars. So we're going to stay in Star Wars for a little bit. And um, The Mandalorian Season 3 cast Christopher Lloyd in some type of role. Um, obviously, <laughs> well, if you are familiar with the Back to the Future series, you know Christopher Lloyd was Doc Brown. And I don't know. I don't know what this role is. I don't, I'm just. Exci- I was just excited to see his name pop up and I've... be attached to something. I'm gonna watch again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I saw some but... uh, speculation about you know since some of this you know Mando storyline kind of mirrors the Thrawn trilogy, the Timothy Zahn books. Saw some speculation about this Jorus boath style character, which was this. Crazy cloned Jedi um, in those books, and uh, you know, maybe if he's not actually that character, you know, maybe he could be some type of crazed old wizard. You know,
2: I could that definitely be, see him being a crazed old that, wizard. That <laughs> would be
1: a Christopher Lloyd role. specialty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm just excited. Um, no, Christopher Lloyd, man. I don't know. I'm just. I, I it's can't part of my childhood.
1: So. I, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Also in Star Wars, there is a rumor that Damon Lindelof will be working on a Star Wars movie, according to when, the Ankler.
1: <laughs> when that movie gets into theaters, I'll believe this rumor.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, Damon Lindelof created uh, Lost, and he um, did The Leftovers, which was yeah. on HBO, which I really enjoyed. Watchmen, um, more recently on HBO and um the rumor has not yet been confirmed by Lindelof or Lucasfilm um but we know he is a big fan of Star Wars and has previously expressed interest in doing this um i think this would be a very fresh take on Star Wars he has a, he definitely has a certain style um and that i don't even know how to how to describe but his, his series his is so far have always have so many layers and and there's a lot to them there's a lot of depth to the stories that he tells um so I'd be excited to see this here's where it falls apart for me um so far
1: we know that there's th- three Star Wars movies on the docket as far as I know mhm uh one of them apparently is still Rogue Squadron from Patty Jenkins the other ones you know we have the Taika Waititi one we have a Kevin Feige mm-hmm. rumored one. Well, I guess Kevin Feige was kind of more confirmed, right? I think um, so, yeah. <clears throat> now we have this one, plus we still have that Ryan Johnson thing that's not canceled yet.
2: Um, yeah, but I don't know if that Ryan Johnson one's ever going to happen. I
1: don't either, but I mean, they aren't letting go of it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. one of them has to... Two of them have to give, you know? So.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would think. But I kind of, honestly, I
1: kind of... I kind of could see Kevin Feige doing something more like uh, in a producer role, you know, mm-hmm. for one of these yeah. guys. You know, maybe maybe he'll,
2: and that's what I assumed it would be. Actually, right, I, right. that's I assumed that would be the role he would, yeah, have, and maybe even along with Taika or something. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, right. Um, but yeah, and and I, actually, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't mind seeing lindelof direct a series um because th- that is his wheelhouse sure, sure. Um, yeah. so i'd be game for that as well but we'll see if this rumor turns out to be true yeah yeah you never um, know these
1: rumors could be wrong though. you know maybe something like like he is doing is a series maybe it's not a movie you know
2: yeah so we'll see what happens with this we'll keep our eyes on it um also in star wars uh samuel l jackson appeared on the happy sad confused podcast and i think he's kind of happy kind of sad and kind of confused about his character mace windu um he he just keeps plugging away he wants mace back in some way um he says there's a huge history of people with one hand returning in the star wars franchise (laughs) um the only person I've ever said that to about coming back was Bryce Dallas Howard. Cause I just did a movie with her and she directs episodes of the Mandalorian. So, um, <laughs> you think he said to her, you think you might be able to hook a brother up? <laughs> I mean, you like me, right? <laughs> I can just picture and hear him <laughs> saying these things. Um, what do you think? Well, what, a, how I could, wanna you you him, want to argue with him, but he's not wrong. Back and <laughs> like, right.
1: No, I do mean, want him
2: back? how could he come back? I, I, you know,
1: yeah, I would, I would like to see him be Mace Windu again. I mean, um I don't think Samuel L. Well, looks terribly older than he did when he was playing Mace, so I think it could work and no. you know like a you know I don't want to say flashback, but maybe it could be like a a, a story that happens alternate to you know some of the events in the prequel trilogy. So, you know something like that. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um I don't think I, I, I don't think we need to see Mace post Revenge of the Sith though. I think he can die there and, yeah. and we can be okay with that. I mean, there's already yeah. so many Jedi that have survived the purge, you know.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm with you, but I mean, and, uh, you know, on the other hand, like on the other hand, that wasn't supposed to be a pun, but it kind of is. Like, he's not wrong. I mean, Maul has died and he's coming back, and yeah, he and didn't he just lose back. a hand; he I got mean, cut in half. I mean.
2: Luke lost his hand. So Anakin was burned. Anakin lost limbs and was burned. almost I all mean, of his limbs. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think Samuel L. Jackson is forgetting that he didn't just lose a limb. He also got electrocuted with unlimited power yes, um, yes. and launched out of the window. That was a very high building. But, um, you know, he, he could still come back. Why not? But yeah, I, I guess I would prefer it to be a flashback yeah, just given yeah. the nature of his possible death. Yeah. Um Next we're going to move on to Marvel and um so the we had some Marvel series that were recently that recently came to Disney Plus um the likes of Daredevil um remind me of the other ones Luke Cage, um the Defenders, Defenders uh, um, Iron Fist. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Okay, so... there, According to Production Weekly, a Daredevil reboot is in the works at Marvel Studios. Um, obviously, the show would likely star Charlie Cox. He appeared in No Way Home. And it's a production listing um, that has popped up here that is adding fuel to this fire. So I think this makes sense. I mean... We, I think, we saw Kingpin. Yeah, you know. I think
1: calling it a reboot is a little bit much. I think it would probably be a soft reboot, you know.
2: Soft reboot with uh, maybe less violent and maybe not have that I don't know. TVMA yeah, attached I don't to it. Know. But,
1: There's TVMA on Disney yeah. Plus now. I don't, I don't see why they can't. They didn't tone down the violence on any of the Netflix stuff. Uh, they kept yeah. it pretty much as is, so... That's true. they could go m a if they wanted to,
2: Mhm, and I tell you what out of all those shows that I mentioned that were on Netflix, Daredevil is probably my favorite. yeah, you know, it stands down and the best, I, I, yeah, yeah, I love it, so I'd love to see this character come back, yeah, also in Marvel news um Miss Marvel uh got her trailer reveal um and a release date for the Disney plus show Ms Marvel um that will debut on June eighth. I watched the trailer. I don't know if this show is for me. Um, I'll probably watch it, but I'm sure there's an audience for it out there somewhere. Um, It's just maybe not I'm not particularly interested in this one. Um, But I'll probably give it a watch. Yeah, I fall a
1: little bit on the opposite side of that. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I I think it looks pretty fun. so um, I'm -hmm. game. I would like to see what it is.
2: We're going to switch it up and go to a couple other stories here. First of all, Hogwarts Legacy trailer showcased fifteen minutes of gameplay last week. I believe it was. It, it looks really cool. I, I mean, you, you basically you basically get to live a life as a wizard. Yeah, I mean, you go to RPG, Hogwarts, you yeah. take different <laughs> classes, you you know all this stuff. um So, for somebody who's looking to step into the wizarding world and be their own character and you know, you get to create and design your own character. You get your wand. You probably, hopefully you have some say into what house you get into. Um, and just, you can explore Hogwarts and all the mysteries and everything. So yeah, check it out. Um, there's 15 minutes of gameplay that's on YouTube right now that you can check out. And last but not least, uh, the Batman is coming to HBO max sooner than I thought. Um it is according to a, this was a an accidental um advertisement right, right. a technical error on yeah. HBO's website revealed this release date of Tuesday April 19th on HBO Max. Yep. Um so Pretty I can't wait quick. to watch I it again at home.
1: A, I think that's a 45 day window there that they're using, so.
2: Yeah, that that makes sense. They were going for that 45 day theatrical yep. window and then HBO yep. Max and that's a good movie to watch at home um you can kind of pause and go to the bathroom and come back and watch half of it one night and the other half the next night so yeah um coming soon and that wraps it up for the news and now we are going to get into our main segment and talk about the current era of disney
1: There's no question that Disney is one of the biggest juggernauts in entertainment today, whether it's through acquisitions of other IP or companies or even just their own characters, you know, becoming a part of the psyche of generation after generation. They've repeatedly shown an ability to stay at the forefront of pop culture. Uh, This week, we're going to take a look at how they've accomplished this in the last 10 years. Uh, Where have they excelled? Where have they failed? And to answer these questions, we're bringing back to the show a fellow Disney buff and co-host of the Scarif podcast, Chantal. So welcome back, Chantal. How have you been doing? How's Scarif going? Busy. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere.
3: Right. Keep guesting on everybody's freaking shows, but I, I know
2: <laughs> you just got off we're of one. To I'm have you huh? on ours as well. I,
3: I was, I was High demand. just on a stream with comics and cosmetics, Danny, <laughs> over there.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. How's she doing?
3: She's doing good. She just Great. hit 100 subscribers, so yeah. that's what we were cool. celebrating today. Cool, cool.
2: Nice.
1: cool. Yeah, we're going to have to go through your agent next time we get you on it. <laughs> Stop, please. <laughs>
3: it is bad enough that I had to buy a planner. Because...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the next level. I haven't got to there yet.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> so this conversation came about from a tweet that actually Chantal sent out. The other day uh I want to say like Wednesday or Thursday last week, and it was a tweet that kind of cited some of the box office earnings from 2022 and they sorted it by studio uh Sony was like way out in the lead and Disney was kind of floating I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like the lower end of the list I want to say they were like fifth or sixth or something like that yeah um you know we talked back and forth and you know we kind of realized that a lot of that is from spider-man you know. Where Sony is kind of reaping in that box office stuff, but Disney's still getting their fair share of it. It's just not showing up in box office numbers. Um, but then, as we as we kept talking about this, Chantal, you mentioned that you're kind of less than thrilled with Disney and kind of their modern era. Um, and I've I, I found I'm generally happy. And you know, we talked a little bit about this and in, in our um one question uh, segment earlier in the show. Um I'm generally happy with where they're at but uh, you know there's some places where I'm not so happy with you know where they're at. Um and the more that you and I talked we just kind of realized that this was a podcast that had to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here you are. And you know actually yeah, going back to when I was on uh, Rogue 1 with uh, Steve and Nicole and DJ uh talking about Disney you and I said that we have to do this. <laughs> Sometime <laughs> else. So <laughs> it worked.
3: Came much sooner than, than we thought.
1: Yeah, it was like the next day. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so I think the best way we kind of tackle this is just kind of look at how Disney is doing based on a couple core aspects of, you know, what we expect from Disney. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about animation, a little bit about live action, and that can be both. Uh, film and TV uh, for animation and uh, live action. And we'll talk about theme parks also. And to kind of just define this, I, I, I think we'll just go back there last 10 years, the last decade. Uh, it's not quite even, but we'll go like 2012 up to current day. Um, So let's go ahead and start with animation. Um, I wrote down some of the, actually I wrote down most of them here from the major two studios, Disney themselves and Pixar. Uh. So I'll just read through some of, I'll just read through this list because there's actually some really good ones here. So let's let's take a look at it this way. So from Disney themselves, uh, Wreck It Ralph was 2012, Frozen was 2013, Big Hero Six 2014, Zootopia 2016, Moana 2016, uh, Ralph breaks the Internet in 2018, Frozen 2 2019. Raya and the Last Dragon in 2020, I have 2021 there, but that might have been 2020, and Kanto and 2021 uh, from Pixar. Uh, going back, uh, I was surprised that Brave was 2012. I, I thought that was earlier, but it was actually 2012. Monsters University, 2013. I was very surprised that Good Dinosaur was 2015. I thought that was way earlier. <laughs> um, but that was there. Uh, Finding Dory is 2016. Cars 3, 2017. And Coco was 2017. Incredibles 2, 2018. Toy Story 4, 2019. Soul in 2020. Luca in 2021. And Turning Red just a few weeks ago in 2022. So quite the list. Um So, Chantal, let's start with you. Just kind of a general thought about where you think Disney has been with animation uh, since 2012.
3: First of all, I'm realizing that the reason why (laughs) maybe I'm not so happy right now is because I haven't seen about half those movies that you just mentioned. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't have children. So chances are I'm That's not fair. going to voluntarily mm-hmm. go by myself to the movie theater to go watch a children's movie.
2: <laughs> Might not be the best look, I guess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was bad enough that my sister and I were the only two idiots in Madagascar <laughs> with no kids. But What um, you need
1: to do is you need to move to Pittsburgh and then you can go with Josh and me because we <laughs> – anyway. <laughs>
3: there you go. Yeah, I mean that's, that's really a, That's a, a scorched earth, earth I mean, method I still but, haven't hey. seen Finding Dory. I mean, I just watched Coco. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, it, Oh, oh, you, oh really good. Good. <laughs> so you did watch Coco. I did watch
3: Coco.
1: Okay, so let's talk let's uh, let's, let's sure. start let's start with Coco cuz that might be my maybe like number 2 on this list. Um maybe number 1. Um so what what do you think of Coco?
3: I haven't cried that hard since. Other- <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: That ending is in- rough, huh?
3: I was inconsolable mm. for like 10 minutes the moment those credits rolled. Like, I just could not stop crying. And it didn't help the fact that I just <laughs> lost my grandfather like almost two years ooh, ago. Ooh. So that didn't oh, yeah. help. Why- yeah. That's,
2: mm-hmm. that, I think
3: that's kind of why I had avoided it. And it just didn't i knew it wasn't going to help i haven't been able to watch up since i've watched i've only watched up like twice i don't hard, know if i can watch coco one. again
0: mm-hmm.
1: i love I coco. coco the music is just Beautiful. um just so good uh and it's yeah. it's one of my favorite soundtracks uh it's to listen to the the music the entire way through but then how they you know reuse remember me in a few different ways uh it's just a beautifully beautifully made movie yeah um now you mentioned the things like finding dory and there's also cars 3 incredibles 2 toy story 4 you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) see for monsters university um for me this age of pixar is kind of their sequel uh age yeah. you know so for a lot Of things that they never really did sequels For before except for Toy Story Got Toy Story 2 Um they did a lot of that These last 10 years Uh Some I I still haven't Seen Cars 3 to be honest with you Yeah <laughs> I um, didn't
3: like the first Cars so
1: Yeah uh, I only saw I, the first I'm gonna one.
3: skip that tri- trilogy altogether I
1: was okay with the first one did not Enjoy the second one and haven't watched the Third one um the finding dory i thought was pretty good monsters university was uh, toy story 4 like was monsters. not great
2: <laughs> for me um i thought toy story 4 was beautiful looking i i think that in, in terms of good yeah the the ability to create something that looks almost photo real was impressive um but i i i love so much how toy story 3 ended and too. oh my god i cried almost every time i watched it was the, end the that perfect one, ending yeah, i do like um,
3: toy story 3 and it should have stopped there
2: it was the perfect it ending. should have it was um the- yeah you know i i credit the visuals but and and i liked it for what it was but i didn't love the ending and and kind of the direction woody's character went at the end it was just mm-hmm. i don't know it was something that i i just i it felt wrong to me in a way gotcha. um so yeah but um Beautiful looking, but I don't know how I feel overall about yeah. that.
3: One. I'm just, I'm not big on sequels to begin with. So I haven't even mm. seen the second Incredibles movie either. I loved the it's first one. It's not bad. So it's much. not bad. I've heard it's not bad. I just, I like the first one so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot uh,
2: of good dad or like parent <laughs> humor. There is. In Incredibles 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Like, why did they have to change math? And it kind of alludes to, like, (laughs) common core math and stuff like that.
1: Mr. Incredible being just, you know, stay-at-home dad is really good stuff. Oh, yeah.
2: That was the best part of it.
1: So, for me, Pixar is a little weird in these last 10 years because for every, you know, um, Toy Story 4 that I didn't really love, there's something like Luca or Coco that I did love uh, that I thought was excellent. Um now, now Disney proper on the other hand, I gotta say most of these things I thought I, I think are really huge for them, you know. Um with the exception of maybe uh Wreck It Ralph and its sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I, I, I think they're fun, um, but I don't think they're quite um top tier for me, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, You know, whereas the rest of these, even Raya, uh, which wasn't my favorite, I think I would, I I think I enjoy Raya more than either of the Ralph movies. But then you have things like Frozen and Moana and Zootopia, Frozen 2, and, um, you know, Encanto's been doing extremely well on Disney+, Plus, where it didn't do so hot in theaters. You know, there's a lot of really great stuff from Disney proper these last 10 years.
3: I don't want this to sound rude. Why does everyone like Frozen
2: 2 so much?
1: I like it better than the first.
2: I Yeah. And I, I,
1: I think it's because I enjoyed the mythology of the second one a lot more. I mm-hmm.
3: can't remember a single song. I think the songs are all throwaway I'll tell, like, tell There is nothing about that movie that's <laughs> stuck with me. But f- the first Frozen word for word yeah <laughs> sing every song
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah me too Rosa i mean, too I, I me probably multiple have viewings and then it okay it grew on me um, i also have a sister
3: so i related very much to the uh, yeah the sister aspect mm-hmm. and that more in the first movie than i just found i also found the plot to be just a little maybe a little convoluted for being a kids movie I'd have to watch it again. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe I, I remember not I, liking it at yeah. all when I saw it. Maybe that's why I and enjoyed
1: you, it more. Uh, it was because it was a little more, there's a little more meat to it for me as gotcha. someone who's older, you know? Mm-hmm. So,
2: they did a, they did a fantastic documentary on frozen two that I believe is on Disney very plus. Good. Yeah. And, and they talked about some of the challenges of the story and trying to, f- Figure out: Is the audience going to get this? Is it going Is this message going to land with this particular song? And I, right. I can't remember what the song was, but it was really a challenge for them to get that song to speak what it needed to, as far as the story went and everything. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a wonderful documentary. I, I would. I'll have to check. And it, it made me appreciate the movie even more.
3: Yeah, because the reason why I also like the first Frozen is because it really did feel like a callback to the Renaissance period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way the yeah. music sounded, it just really gave me that that Disney feel because I miss the regular 2D animation so much. And I think right. that's another reason why I've had a hard time connecting with this stuff as i've gotten older i just i find myself becoming more nostalgic as i get older yeah
1: we're past the princess and the frog so i mean there really hasn't been anything you know this has all been cg Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. animation so and you're not the only one that thinks that you know there's a lot of people that and you know honestly if i had if i had my preference i would i would take the 2d hand-drawn animation
3: although
1: Um, it just has that character that doesn't
3: I'll never forget the first time I saw Toy Story in theaters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean that blew me away. That really changed animation. And And that's fine. That's what Walt wants. He wants innovation. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant. So I understand that he wants progress. And so I get why we're in this stage of animation and yeah. not going to get that and I mean, 2D anymore
1: for, you know, for as much as I really do kind of prefer the hand drawn stuff. There's things like, you know, like Coco, there's a beautiful yeah. movie. Oh the colors in that movie are just outstanding. Yeah. And that's,
3: I almost, I almost like tangled as much as frozen. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> honestly,
1: I love tangled. I actually kind of like it
2: more than frozen <laughs> for it's a lot of reasons. Funny. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'll tell you what well <clears throat> while I do appreciate the you know the hand drawn stuff and I mean Lion King is one of my favorites and uh, Aladdin um probably my my top 2 right there and I love Beauty and the Beast as well but I I almost prefer I almost prefer the the look of the animation just because it, it like Adam like you said it can be something that's beautiful to look at like Coco like Moana and and for me, if I had to pick one on this entire list, that's my favorite. If I had to choose one, I think it would be Moana. Actually, um, it might be. Mine I think too. Moana is fantastic. It, it's one that I would watch over and over again. My yeah. daughter wants still wants to watch it over and over again. Um, so I, I think that is just a probably one of my favorites. That yeah, um,
1: <laughs> the soundtrack for that took me a couple of listens to really get into but once I did get into it it's it's a you know Lin Manuel Miranda thing and I, I, I for some reason his stuff always takes me multiple watches or listens to really appreciate uh, but once i did that that movie just shot up my list and it's actually top 5 maybe top 3 disney movies of all time for me so
3: i'm going to plead the fifth on lin
1: <laughs> fair enough uh so honestly for animation i think you know with some of the even with some of the reservations that i've had with some you know specifically pixar stuff uh you know and i haven't even mentioned turning red which is a big (laughs) big reservation for me um i honestly think that disney's kind of exceeded you know I don't want to say expectations from you right now, but it kind of exceeded where I thought they'd be. We'll say that, um, right. you know, going into this, going into this decade. So you know, you know, I think Frozen just kind of broke it open for them.
2: Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed what's come out of <clears throat> animation in the past ten years. I, I've been there's a, there's a lot here, a lot of movies here that I've really enjoyed, and I feel like they've done a nice job. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So let's move on to some live action stuff cuz I think this is where it gets a little bit you know maybe a little bit different. Um you know one of the main things that we're talking about here is going to be the age of, you know, the reboots, the reimaginations, you know the things like Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Alice in Wonderland even uh Dumbo, you know those reimaginings of earlier classics and turning them into these, you know, you call it live action, but, you know, do you really call something like Lion King live action? <laughs> do you, you know, um, Jungle Book even? So that's really what you get a lot of. There are some other things uh, this age as well. John Carter was one of the ones that kind of kicked off these first these last ten years. It was kind of a, I like, I don't think it's quite as bad <laughs> as it um you know, maybe appears on paper, Mm -hmm. but they had no idea what to do with that movie. And it just kind of died (laughs) for them. Mm -hmm. You have some other interesting things like Oz, the great and powerful, you know, kind of a continuation of the Oz series Tomorrowland, which is kind of this, you know, their own IP that they tried to develop a little bit more wrinkle in time, which is, uh, um, uh, a book—I I forget who who wrote the book—but it was something else that they developed that also didn't work. You know, you have Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which was another. Um, you know, for me, I always enjoy a Jack Sparrow story. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but also I can recognize where it was. <laughs>
0: gonna just up, say it. It's not wrong. up, not up to par. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> par. <laughs> not up to it was, par.
2: It was better than On Stranger <laughs> Tides, in my opinion. Though. <laughs> Fair um. enough. For what that's worth,
1: um, and then, <laughs> and then I had to include this because I actually love this movie, but Saving Mr. Banks uh, was one that I, I called because that that's a uh, kind of a fanciful retelling of how the Mary Poppins stuff uh, came about, and you know, kind of uh, telling it through telling the story through Walt's eyes and you know, kind of going after that story uh, um, with uh, P.L. Travers. So you know there's uh and then let's let's stop there. Let's let's talk about the Disney stuff there and then we'll get into, you know, cuz there's two other huge things that we need to talk about in live action. Um but how do we feel about these kind of sets of movies, the reboots and then some of the other more original stuff that they've done this decade?
3: I actually think this is where they're failing. Cuz even yeah, if I, I have even even if I haven't seen some of those animated ones, just because I watch the award shows. I watch the Oscars. I see clips. I read, I do read reviews. I don't hold, I know they don't, they shouldn't hold a lot of weight, but if there's a clear consensus about a certain movie, everyone can't be wrong, I guess is how I feel. So with that said, I think Disney is probably doing better on the animation side. I don't like all the rebooting. I don't like all the retellings. I would rather you just re-release the originals in the theater and, you know, kind of open. You know, let your kids watch it that way. But I find myself not having, not watching the live action stuff over and over again. I thought The Lion That's King fair. was a travesty. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I actually, although I did
3: like The Jungle Book.
1: You know, I, I didn't mind that. I, I, I actually liked. I liked, the I liked Book. Lion King. I, I enjoyed Aladdin, um, but you know. You're 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 right. There's those aren't things that even if I did happen to enjoy them, um, mm-hmm. I haven't really gone back to them that much. I have rewatched Lion King once or twice. I have rewatched Aladdin a few times because my daughter loves that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I I I don't. You know, I I. It's not like when I was a kid. If I had a VHS of these, I wouldn't really be wearing out the
2: tape. <laughs> you know.
3: Right. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Thought... They're not. They're yeah. not as
2: rewatchable. Yeah. No,
3: they're not. <clears throat> I I um, thought I had liked Beauty and the Beast when I saw it in the theater, and it could have just been me just being really excited. And then after I kind of let it sink in, I was like, you know what, that really wasn't great. The only live yeah. action one that I did like, but I still don't watch multiple times, actually was Cinderella.
1: Okay, okay,
3: mm-hmm. I actually did like that one.
2: And I, the I one didn't that even, even out mention out to me was Leficit. actually Aladdin for whatever reason. I I actually. Like that one more than I thought I would. I think it's maybe yeah. because I had low expectations going that into could, it. That could be. Um <laughs> I love but, Will
3: Smith. I do. I yeah, love him deeply. Yeah. But, but
2: I have fan.
0: a hard time. <laughs> that's okay. I love Robin Williams so much. Yeah, it's, See, oh, that's, yeah, it's, that's it's really hard. difficult for me. That's it's, hard. Just, yeah, like
1: I like I enjoyed Will Smith in, in that like I thought he had fun. Yeah, I, I, heard I, was I, good, I thought I thought it made mm-hmm. I thought it made the movie fun. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's kind of one of those no-win scenarios. Like you, 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 for a lot of people, you go into that role that you're kind of competing against Robin Williams. No matter what you do, um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be hard.
3: Cemented in my mind. Yeah.
2: So yeah, a lot of these I haven't even seen. Okay. um In terms, of, like I have not seen John Carter. I haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks, even though it's been on my watch list, like, for years. Um, I haven't watched A Wrinkle in Time. Um, so, there, you know, there's quite a few on here that I haven't seen and for it's, whatever it's, reason.
1: And I would say that's a problem, too, because you're not, you know, really wanting it's to watch really these. It's not really pulling me yeah. in for whatever yeah. reason, yeah. I would say give uh, give uh, saving Mister mm-hmm. Banks a, a shot. Tom Hanks is really yeah. really good in that. Colin Farrell's uh, a lot of fun also. Um, so I would say give that one a shot. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a romanticized uh, account of the of that yeah. of that story. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> it was a pretty contentious relationship yeah. between um, those
1: two. But uh-huh. but it is fun. You you get to see yeah. you know some of these uh, classic Disney figures. You know, kind of. On screen, not just Disney himself, but the Sherman brothers and you know some of these other guys that were instrumental uh, back then. So you get, you get to see some fun stuff, um, and even if it is romanticized, it, it does make it a fun watch. So
3: it's a I would movie. everything's s- romanticized.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, Disney's not gonna. Give the true account of oh, what they're happened not back then for this. <laughs> I'm so. No. Yeah. 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 I guess I would have
3: preferred a Walt Disney biopic because yeah, I definitely, I, can see that. Sure. I definitely approved of Tom Hanks playing. Yeah. yeah. So I did great. I mean, sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too far down into a rabbit hole with this one, but he, like he he still looks like Tom Hanks for me in this movie. So. <laughs> I get that. I get like, that because you're aware it's, it's so still. Aware it's Tom yeah, Hanks. it still looks like yeah. Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, so it doesn't totally make me believe that gotcha. that's Walt Disney on screen. You don't
2: get completely immersed in. Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So,
1: so, but I mean, he does do a great job at it, and I I can't say that it's bad. But and like
2: I said, I love that movie. Yeah, it's on the list, so I definitely need to watch it at some point, or it's just going to keep s- sitting on my watch list, you know. Yeah.
3: When I won't watch is Mary Poppins Returns. I just okay, so
2: I refused. didn't have that one on here. <laughs> absolutely refuse.
3: Absolutely
1: refuse. I'm sorry. How do I say it? Like it, it's I love not. Mary it's Poppins not bad. Too much. It's not bad, but it, it. I I could I I I could go go the rest of my life without having to watch it again. I think some
3: things just should not be. Yeah touched or revisited and to me that was one of them
1: i do appreciate how they made that story um
3: right yeah i know the story so that
1: it's not it's not a reboot you know they're not retelling it they're telling it from um michael's and yeah michael and uh uh, michael and jane's uh perspective when they're older they've grown up um Mm -hmm. So, like, I appreciate how they did that, but um, the original is just fine for me. I think so. <laughs> so, I think we're kind of all in agreement here that the live action so far isn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, totally up to snuff. But then we have to talk a little bit about Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> Um, you know, because the Marvel acquisition actually happens in 2009 and the Star Wars is, you know, right as we're talking about this stuff as far as, you know, when this stuff happens. And these two have been kind of a huge staple of their live action genre or, you know, stable over the last 10 years. Um, you know, one of those scenarios where this is not their own original IP, um, but we just start... We just got done talking about Mary Poppins. It was also not their original IP. So how are we feeling about Marvel and Star Wars? Uh,
2: Marvel obviously is is an absolute juggernaut. I mean, y- you know, the the success of those films has, in, in a franchise has never done what they did before. I mean, just the, yeah. the ability to create, you know, such good films over such a long period of time and then culminate that with, you know, an, an Avengers Infinity War and Endgame event type movie. I mean, I, I think that this is... Uh, the current generation star wars um in, in a way so you know i i've loved almost all the marvel films there's a few here and there that i could go with, do without um but i think overall they just knocked it out of the park in my opinion
1: now it's interesting that you put that that way because if it's if marvel is the current generation star wars then star wars is not the current generation star wars Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
2: we're we're wishing it was, but
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I kind of agree with Josh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now there are a few bright, bright spots for Star Wars. Um, it made a lot. It's made a lot know, of I'm, money. Uh, yeah, it has. I love the Force Awakens. The way it kind of opened up the possibilities for the sequel trilogy, but a lot of those ideas and and theories that came out of of that didn't really you know, it didn't go the way we thought or <laughs> and, <laughs> and, expectations were sub- subverted. <laughs> and um, you're saying this is
1: someone I, who and just, you know, to remind everyone out there that yeah. you love flash Jedi and you ended up enjoying yes. rise of Skywalker, right. but, <laughs> um, still, so, but still, but yeah. still it just doesn't fit together for you.
0: It
2: doesn't. Saying? Yeah. Because you needed to, to have one clear vision and a plan for the trilogy i mean i like things that ryan johnson did in the last jedi um but it didn't fit into the whole you know which i think was an overall problem with the sequel trilogy is that just it didn't have a real plan um however i loved rogue one that's probably my my favorite or at least one of my favorites out of all the disney era star wars movies I, i think it was excellent And I've loved The Mandalorian. I I think it's some of the best live-action Star Wars since the original trilogy. So um, there's some bright spots in there too. Not enough. And I saw Sean Paul's reaction to me actually liking The Last Jedi. And that's okay. I'm so disappointed. You could be disappointed. That's fine. It's okay. No.
3: (laughs) each their own, man. That's, you know, I don't... It doesn't matter. Look, that's the whole point of this industry is to entertain so mm-hmm. if someone was entertained by it, great.
2: Even if it was just I'm one person, I'm
3: glad. It doesn't matter. It reached. <laughs> it reached somebody. Listen, poor Kelly. I love her. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. She's the only one in Red Five who seriously loves Book of Boba Fett, and I mean yeah. deeply in love with Book of Boba Fett. And her mm-hmm. and I could be could not be more opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. I just really. I don't like to use the word often, but I really hated. That show, I didn't like <laughs> yeah. it except for two yeah. episodes, which was the Mandalorian. Which was, was the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but you know what? Who cares? I told her, I said, I'm jealous. I wish I was enjoying the show the way that you are, but I'm not. And I'm glad that she was. And that's mm-hmm. it. There was no fighting. There was none of this. I can't speak to you anymore. No, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: no. And then the sequel trilogy yeah. after Force Awakens, I. I mean, honestly, because of what we got afterwards, I can't even watch Force Awakens anymore. And and Mm -hmm. I used to. And I won't even watch it anymore at all.
1: It gets harder. Rogue One? Yeah, I I can see what you're saying. It gets harder for me, too, because...
3: What's the point? Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't want to move on to the next chapter.
1: Even though I really liked... I I actually really liked The Rise of Skywalker. Um, But even seeing how it ends, even if I like kind of how it ends... um, it's hard to go back to force awakens and how much I love that movie. Just, you know,
3: Rogue one is perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Rogue one yeah, Rogue masterpiece. One is, yeah. Is amazing. I solo. Um, I don't know. Solo. I was I'm like, it was different. fine, but I wasn't. I'm indifferent towards it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I, It's tough because, you know, we, um I guess I'm speaking for myself, but I think I can speak for all of us when I say, you know, like we grew up watching the original trilogy Um, and it's hard again, to measure up to that. I mean, anytime you're talking about reboots or remakes of, of anything that we love and was part of our childhood, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, um, to have that same appreciation for it.
3: It's true. It's very true.
1: Okay. So to, to kind of wrap up live action is here's a question is Marvel And the bright spots of Star Wars enough to offset the general disappointment of the rest of their live action for the
3: last 10 years. For me as a Disney fan, it doesn't because I've always liked their original movies. Like, honestly, I'm still waiting for National Treasure 3. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> you know yeah, like you i like, like those movies. movies like the, I, the real I really national treasure love, three like yeah. Nicolas cage Love and... <laughs> for them to wrap that up you <laughs> know or yeah funny. or right. something
3: like oh god this actually came up not was it, i don't know if it was with you adam but like remember the titans you know oh like i miss those kinds of disney movies and i don't feel like we're getting that anymore you know i, I love yeah. those kinds of stories
2: i love the original pirates of the caribbean too oh, yeah, um, the and yeah,
3: the original
2: it saved the like
3: ride a... thank god
2: yeah yeah so yeah i, I hear you went when when like putting i have to almost put the disney live action aside and just and, uh, and say i'm a huge marvel fan i'm a huge star wars yeah. fan right um there i it, those franchises gave me a lot of excitement again in the theater and in experiencing that um was awesome so for me, I, it kind of does level it out a little bit. Um, but I do think if we're just looking at Disney pro- properties, live action is probably their weak link. Yeah.
3: I feel like they've stretched themselves too thin with having these two huge franchises under their belt. Now, in addition to their own, their own franchises mm-hmm. massive to take on Marvel and Star Wars. That's why I feel like, yeah, Star Wars has taken a bit of a back seat. I love the MCU. It's kept me thoroughly entertained these last Mm -hmm. 15 years. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to me. But at the same point, like anything else, when will the well dry out and they'll go back to more Disney stuff? Will they eventually sell Marvel properties to somebody else? Will Star Wars ever get sold? Will Disney own it forever? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Things change. Money talks. So who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You know, for me, it's it's tempting to say that Marvel, you know, it, it kind of evens that out. Um, and just the sheer amount of money that they make with Star Wars, I'm sure, helps, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so for every dud that they have, you know, like John Carter, they have, you know, a Star Wars movie that makes like a billion dollars. <laughs> so, so, mm-hmm. so part of that, though, for me, feels like, yeah, I know that Marvel and Star Wars are both Disney properties. They're under the Disney umbrella, you know. Bob Chapek and Bob Iger has a say in in what happens with these, but they're still kind of their own thing, you know. Yeah. Um, Kathleen Kennedy is still doing what, you know, what she sees best for Star Wars, and Kevin Feige is still kind of killing it with Marvel. And so for me, it's kind of almost like I, like, even though they are Disney, I kind of see them as separate things and I want to see, I I want to see more Mm. from Disney. You know, I want to see some new stuff from Disney. Um, you know, the Tomorrowland thing was kind of a great idea that just didn't work for whatever reason. um, I would love to see them do something with that type of you know, Pirates of the Caribbean worked for them. I would like mm-hmm. to see them do a real <laughs> haunted mansion movie. Um, oh. not an Eddie Murphy movie. I would like to see them actually do that. There's been Aren't they going to? I thought, been, yeah. thought they were. There's coward, been that Guillermo that del Toro. Coward, please do. Yeah, there's been My that favorite ride. There's been that Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. rumor for Did you like the years. Jungle Cruise movie? It was I enjoyed it. It was fine. <laughs>
3: I enjoyed yeah, it. I thought it was... Okay. It was, yeah, it was, I it was it. fun. I was entertained. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for
1: sure. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. they have all kinds of great, um, you know, intellectual prop- property uh, IP that they could leverage, and I would like to see more out of them mm-hmm. instead of just Marvel and Star Wars, so... Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it's weird, because, like, they're putting a lot into these reboots, and I think people just don't want them, you know? So no matter how good they actually might be, people just don't want them. And if yeah. you know, even if they are, even if they are good, you know, you're going to get a lot of people that just don't want to watch that, you know. They just want to watch the first mm-hmm. one. That's fine. So, I would like to see them kind of do something different.
3: Yeah, I mean, so, I can tell you right now all the live action retellings that they've done from their renaissance period or, you know, Cinderella, all it made me do was want to go straight home. pop in my dvds that's all that's (laughs) all that's all it made me want to do
1: so we have one other major thing to talk about with disney and i know i know there's other aspects of their business but i think these are kind of their three tent poles and the last one is theme parks um i just got back from a trip in february i know chantal got back from one not too long ago thanksgiving thanksgiving and Josh is going in June, and you just went last year
0: too. I
2: went in September September. of 2020. Okay. And I'm going to go again in in the first week of June. Awesome. So these
1: last 10 years for the parks have been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's been a lot of closures there's been a lot of things ending um happily ever after uh the fireworks show at magic kingdom illuminations uh, star wars weekends is a big one that kind of went away these last 10 years great movie ride closed magical express uh closed which was a big transportation thing for people and you know now people have to pay for that mm-hmm. um and and that's just that's that's a small list of uh, just things that have changed, and that's really just focusing on East Coast too. That's not even looking yeah. at Disneyland, um, you know. But then there's also been a lot of new stuff happening. We have a Toy Story Land with uh, you know a brand new coaster, Slinky Dog. it's, uh, Slinky Dog's Dash. Did I say that right? Slinky Dog, Slinky Dog Dash. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There you go. Uh, yeah, that one's a little weird. Say that three times fast? No. <laughs> <laughs> no not
1: uh, Galaxy's Edge is pretty big. And uh, that's probably going to be one that we're talking about just pretty soon. Uh, Walt Disney World turned 50 in these last 10 years. There's a celebration around that, which brought in some new shows like Harmonious and Enchantment. Uh, and then we have another you know big one we can talk about with genie plus lightning lane uh things like that so um i'll i'll start by just saying i've been generally pretty frustrated uh with the parks these last ten years which is kind of weird because i just got back <laughs> a month ago and i had a fabulous time um <laughs> you know even with some of these things things that that i'm really kind of frustrated about you know um, i found out that i
2: didn't. <laughs> explain exp- please <laughs> i found yeah, I'm out contradicting
1: <laughs> i found out that i didn't hate genie plus Plus lightning lane so much um i still very very much miss illuminations uh in epcot that was my favorite nighttime show yeah. and while i did uh, enjoy Harmonious when I got to see it live. It's just it's it's not the same for me. It Just doesn't quite live up to that. Um, you know, uh, I I do enjoy Enchantment. I still miss Wishes. Like I I still feel like a lot of these shows that they're bringing into the park just kind of fall back on being a being a uh, greatest hits of Disney. <laughs> I mean, there's there's less narrative. Uh, that make them compelling and interesting to rewatch. And it's more just, Hey, here's a lot of cool songs that we like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So not only that, but it's been uh, uh, 10 years of getting, I feel like getting less uh, and paying more, Mm. uh, which has been rough. Genie Plus, Lightning Lane, the Magical Express, uh, paying for parking at resorts now—that's um, all kind of emblematic of that uh, annual or more than annual ticket uh, ticket price hikes, and you know, cl- closing down things that had been there or offered for free. Um, it feels like you're getting less and paying a lot more. Um, so. You know, for everything that I've really liked about the parks um, the last ten years, and I still had a lot of fun, it isn't the same as it was ten years ago, and I don't quite know if that's for the better or not. I think it might not be. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm.
3: Again, I have a very different perspective, not having kids. So, <laughs> so <laughs> well, I
1: want to hear that. Yeah, like, I, I can't. Important. I
3: can't imagine what it must be like now. Calling kids over to Disney. So uh, something that I've always wanted to do, which I've now done twice right before the pandemic hit, I went by myself in January. Oh, that's something awesome. that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted Jealous. to go to the parks by myself. And then essentially I did go by myself on Thanksgiving, even though I did meet up with Don and I actually got to meet extra techie while he was at galaxy's oh, cool. edge. So at least I got to mm-hmm. meet up with two of the guys from the crew. Um, but it's very interesting going by yourself. You can really map things out how you want. I actually don't have a problem with the the way they do the lightning thing or the genie thing. It was a little confusing at first when I yeah, tried using agree. it. I don't find it to be very user friendly. Agree. I I will say that. Yeah, I but agree. But I am also I'm also a pro I live here. <laughs> I was born and raised in Miami. I've been right. going to Disney since the age of 1. So at this point in my life, I've been so many times. I just I know how to work the park. I know how to map it out. I know which rides I want to hit again. I don't have kids, so luckily for me, I don't give a crap about the parades. <laughs> I skip the parades. That's when I go and ride. (laughs) So you know what I mean? The only thing that I actually make time for is to see the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. You know, that's what I want to see. I want to see the light show now and the way they project it onto the castle, which I think is the technology is so amazing. It's very
2: cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely.
1: I think that's kind of come at the expense of one of my favorite things, though, and that was like Spectra Magic, the nighttime parade. Like, I love the nighttime parade. It was so pretty. It was so beautiful. Um, You know, we had Main Street Electrical Parade for a while. That I miss. That I miss very much. Right. And that's one thing, actually, at Disneyland that's gone and come back and gone and come back. And, like,. you know, so that's one of those things that I feel like I'm getting a little bit less. And even though the castle show can be beautiful, you know, I, I still miss that nighttime parade. So, I get it. um, Josh, do you have something to throw in there?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, my go, I guess going to Disney for me has been a little bit sporadic. Um, you know, I've probably been there about a handful of times in my life, um, and every time I've gone there, it's been with my wife. Um, and you know, either when we started dating or, or later in our dating, and um, and then in I think it was 2013 or, or 14. I should probably know this for sure. But <laughs> one of those years, I proposed to her in uh, the Cinderella's Castle. Um, <laughs> I think it was 13, but I got
3: to Not let her out. listen to this episode.
2: She might. Uh, I don't <laughs> no. know if she'll get this Doghouse. Far, but... <laughs> No, she she loves disney so she probably will listen to this but um i want to say it was you know it was definitely 13 because we got married in 2014 yeah it was 2000. are you sure i'm positive i'm okay. positive um but it, it was in cinderella's castle in the restaurant they have up there and it, and it was yeah. really special and everything um so i've had a lot of memorable moments there um 2015 we went and um it, it, we went during christmas And it was really cool to see the park during that time. We actually went um, during the week between Christmas and New Year's and it was absolutely packed. (laughs) And we were there for like New Mm -hmm. Year's Eve Um, Mm -hmm. and and they were at max capacity. You know, we we had no choice but to like we had to take like one of the ferries over and, um, you know, it, it was it was wild. And then. 2020 was completely different because there weren't a whole lot of people. There were COVID restrictions. We had to wear masks the whole time and that part of it kind of sucked and it was hard to breathe and it was hot and, and there were storms and weather and we went in September. Yeah. Um, September is bad but, for storms. <laughs> yeah. It was not Learned a good time to harder. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a lot of great, you know, even in 2020 when it was kind of rough, some aspects of it, I had one of the best days of my life at galaxy's edge i mean it, I, I got to do every single thing i wanted to do um you know we got re- reservations for oga's cantina that worked out we i got a lightsaber and we went on we got into the queue for um rise of the resistance and, and got lucky enough to get get onto that and everything it just all worked out um and was a great day and enjoyed toy toy story land too while we were there um so I have a lot of great memories. I, I think overall I'm I'm really pleased with the parks um mm-hmm. and you know I've really had some good more great moments than than bad moments in the parks yeah.
3: so Same. It's just some of the ride closures really yeah hit me really bad. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. That's all.
0: Um, like, I wasn't
3: happy at first when they shut down the Snow White ride and then replaced it with the dwarf Mine Train mm-hmm. ride. But now, having mm-hmm. ridden <laughs> ridden it so many times, it's mine a, really, a lot of fun. It's a, it's really, a really good ride. Commercial. Yeah. So, not only is it good, and but it's a really beautiful ride, yes. too. Yes.
1: yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And I could be a dark ride
1: slash roller coaster. It's a it's mm-hmm. really good mix of both of those.
3: And even the line walking through is yeah. so interactive mm-hmm. and keeps the kids mm-hmm. calm, which is great. And even I play with the little stuff that's there. It's fun. <laughs> you can't help it. It's a great place to be a kid, no matter what the age.
2: Yeah. I mean, I actually never went to Disney as a kid. I, you know, I was pretty much an, an adult every time I, I went. And, um, and so I don't have a lot of like nostalgia in particular about the park or rides. And I, I tend to like new things. Like I, I like when, when, new things are introduced and trying them and, and seeing what they're like and so I've really enjoyed the additions to the parks being a person that's not completely nostalgic about the parks you know right oh,
3: I am <laughs> I was actually going to tell a story and I guess this is a good time to tell the story but I guess my parents told me they took me I think maybe when I was one or two like a lot of parents do which I'll never understand why you would take a six-month-old or a one-year-old to well, Disney. Well, I can tell
1: you um,
3: why they you they we've don't done remember it. anything. We've done why it.
1: it's for, why it's for us. It, it's, I know it's it's not for you it's guys. not for them. Like it's, I have some yeah, really. Yeah, I have some really cool memories of my daughter sure. seeing Mickey and you know that type of stuff. Where uh, she's too yeah, young to remember, I get it. It, but it's of course mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, but like seeing her go up and, and hug Minnie and you know just kind of be in awe. <laughs> of oh what yeah, she's seeing. No, like, for
3: from a parent's eyes, it's it's amazing. That's what I it's mean.
1: for,
2: and you know we've I, t- yeah
1: I can't. We've been lucky. <laughs> I'm enough sorry to,
2: to interrupt. <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, I can't wait to see Sydney, who's five now. Yeah. um, And she was three when we first went, but She'll this time without a it. mask and seeing her facial expressions. She was really yeah. subdued with mm-hmm. the mask on. I oh, couldn't yeah, tell if yeah. she was enjoying herself. Right, right, So I'm right, just right. really excited to hopefully, if, if if there's still no masks, um, <laughs> to, to see her expressions and her reactions oh, yeah. to things.
3: Well, I mean, my earliest memory was I was in the second grade and- My parents actually came to my school and knocked on the door in the classroom. I'll never forget this. And I just remember looking at them kind of perplexed and just, you know, they're like, you know, pick up your stuff, pack up. Your parents are here to pick you up. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Is something wrong? Am I in trouble? (laughs) What did I do? I'm only in the second grade. Only to be told that the reason why my parents were picking me up is because we were leaving straight from there to go to Disney. My parents had packed everything up and had picked me up. And I will, to this day, never, ever, ever forget that. And just, I was so, so excited. I mean, going to Disney was a big, big deal in in my family to go. Mm
1: -hmm. That's awesome. Really huge deal. That
3: that is is my favorite memory because it's my earliest memory of going to Disney. That's Mm -hmm. awesome.
1: So how are we feeling about the parks overall?
3: I personally love the parks. You I think, don't care. I, I deal with the lines. Yeah, I don't care.
1: So we we think that they are kicking never had a hit, hitting Disney. it out of the park, so to speak.
3: I would rather live in the parks right now than live in the movie theaters watching a Disney Fair movie. Fair enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in agreement with that.
1: I would. I'm mm. going to stay kind of neutral on this because, like I said, I I really had a great time. I really loved going, and I still am going to go. Like I'm not at the point where I'm done. But um, some of these other things have been really frustrating uh, for me also. So um, so for me, it's it's kind of a mixed bag, and uh, I, I, I'm going to say while I still love it, I am frustrated. So. <laughs> There's I that. will say they need Fair to enough.
3: revamp their water parks.
1: There's that. I mean, Universal's the really because Universal I've really been to kinda, Volcano Bay yeah, twice. Yeah, Universal's really kind of
3: blowing them out of the water with that.
1: Doing some, and, and not just with Volcano Bay, but some of their in park stuff is really good. And uh, uh, I, I, I feel like maybe Disney is kind of resting on just being Disney in, in, yeah. in some respects. So.
3: Have you been to Volcano Bay? Not yet. If you ever go and you see how they do their lines there, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I think Disney should do okay, it. Okay,
1: so what are they doing? And and, and this, so, this brings up another question, but go ahead first with that.
3: So Volcano Bay, everyone gets a wristband. Okay. And it kind of looks like those old G-Shock mm-hmm. uh, watches, so mm-hmm. they're kind of chunky. So you can just go up to, like if a ride is way too long, if there's a slide that's way too long, you can just take, it's called a tapu, And you just take it and you tap it up to this little module that they have, and it'll tell you to come back in a certain amount of time. So and it's then like you a virtual maybe. Yeah, but okay. you, there yeah. is, That's- some <laughs> of them, yes, still do have a fast pass if you want it, but right. for the most part, it really did help spread things out so that way you could go to another slide that yeah. wasn't as long and it starts to vibrate and it'll tell you when to come back, but there's no extra charge. Every ride works that way. And I was able to hit so many slides, more than any mm-hmm. water park I've ever been to. I never felt like I was waiting in this super long line, and all yeah. I kept thinking is I wish Disney would do it this way.
1: They can, and they have virtual queuing, and they've done it before, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, Do
3: it like Universal does, and have it be an extra ticket that you want to pay for, and it's, it's unlimited instead it's, of this booking stuff.
1: It's something that they that you're right, they should do more. Yeah. Uh, I think virtual queuing is a great idea. It gets people out mm-hmm. into the parks instead of stuck in yeah. a queue for an hour or exactly. two hours. You know, they could be buying... You know, Mickey ice cream bars and churros and turkey legs, but instead they're stuck in a two hour line, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, that's it, a good point. It makes a ton of sense. And, um, I hope that they understand that someday.
3: Yeah, because I do agree with you. The way they do it now is strange—that you can only book three at a time, but you have to use all three before you can book more. And I'm like, well, by the time I use those three fast passes, there may not be anything else left that I can book.
1: Genie, so I can understand your frustration. Yeah, it has a lot of like. I actually kind of liked. Did you use it, or were you just kind of like, you you know, what you want to hit, and you did? Did you? No,
3: I knew I I did do the genie thing because I knew there all the ones I wanted to hit. Or. Splash Mountain and
1: okay, all right. So I did use it. I didn't mind it. I liked it, and I feel the fast pass system needed something. And yeah, this is one of those other things that you used to get for free, and you don't get anymore. Right. But I feel like this one's actually kind of worth it now. You know, uh, it I think adds a value that you didn't get before when it was yeah. free. You know, f- you know, free had a price before because you were everyone was using it so the mm-hmm. advantage of what you got in return you know wasn't really that great sometimes uh now i think you pay and you get actually something for that money and i think it does work out so for us yeah. when we went to magic kingdom we had like seven or eight attractions done before lunch uh which wow. is insane and it insane. Wow. That that that's that's <laughs> awesome is because like we hit mine train first, we did that, and we did we, we weren't resort guests, so oh. we didn't get to do the seven a.m. lightning right. lane thing. We didn't get to do you know, we didn't get that. I woke up at like seven a.m. and I booked something. I forget what. I think was, <laughs> I think it was Space Mountain. No, it wasn't Space Mountain because that was a lightning lane. I paid for that. Um, mm-hmm. But we got to the park at open, you know, rope drop and we went straight to mine train. They posted 80 minutes, we got on in 40. I didn't pay for that yes. one. That's one of the lightning individual ones. Um so I you know saved a little bit of money there. Uh we did pay for Space Mountain and we practically walked on it when it was an hour yeah. posted wait. So mm-hmm. that helped. And then yeah. with mm-hmm. Genie Plus, you know, we did a lot of other stuff in between. Uh I think I did Haunted Mansion was the one I think I uh reserved. And, you know, we just got a lot of stuff done. we uh, I don't know that I've ever done that many things before lunch in a park before. So I think it helped.
3: You know what the other problem is? We're talking about Walt Disney World. This park gets a lot of international in addition to everybody from all different states. Mm. So that's another big problem. I've been to Disneyland <laughs> in California. locals. I, it's mostly locals. So I mm-hmm. can tell you when Tina and I went together just last year, it, it was, I told her, I was like, you think this is great and it's a breeze, and it is. But I said, it's a much different experience if you go down to Orlando. I've been to Disneyland Paris. The Parisians did not want Euro Disney to begin with. Mm-hmm. So when I went, that was also a breeze to get through because it really wasn't as packed you know it's it's Mm -hmm. here it's orlando that's insane especially because there's four parks plus two water parks you know all there is is disneyland california adventure and then it's the same thing in paris it's just their version of magic kingdom and something kind of like mgm studios i still call it mgm by the way
0: yeah
3: i don't Mm -hmm. call it hollywood (laughs) i can't bring myself to do it (laughs) it is a nostalgia thing it, it is true there is a difference josh you know yeah. Me, I grew up with it, so like when the Great right. Movie Ride closed down, I was literally in tears because I had no way of riding it and going up there at the drop of a hat to ride it one last time. The only other ride that I've cried for like that was Confrontation over at Universal when they shut that down. I was so sad, uh-huh. so sad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That definitely plays a role. Oh in, yeah, you know. it does.
3: Everyone's reaction is different mm-hmm. to Disney.
2: Yeah.
1: So overall, the last 10 years, how are we feeling? Like everything everything that we've talked about, uh, taken into account here, how are we feeling about Disney in the last 10 years?
3: I think Disney's been mediocre. Just, yeah. you know, and I do think all they have to hang their hat on right now is Marvel. And Star Wars, only because there's always going to be a crowd that they're going to attract because this is something that's been around since 77, but I'm also not going to sit here and mistake all the money that they're making for good content. I still cannot sit here and say that Disney has been pumping out good content for star Wars. So it might be making a lot of money, right? but that's only because we're fans and we're just, we're going to watch it. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I can't imagine not, watching the Kenobi series just because I disliked Boba Fett I'm still gonna watch you know, I mean, <laughs> that's how they get us
2: yeah I think um for me overall I I, I feel pretty good about Disney um I you know it, it's Disney plus is one of those things that I always turn to um for content and so I know just from the amount of time I spend on that service that you know I, I like a lot of their content i think they are a little weak in, in live action when it comes to disney specific properties but i think the animation has been very good um i've loved marvel and and a good bit of the star wars that's come out um i've loved my experience at, at the parks in in the past 10 years so you know i think overall i'm, I'm pretty pleased with disney so I, I kind of land a little bit different on this one
1: yeah, I think, um, I think mainly with their own in-house animation, you know, maybe kind of even setting Pixar aside, which is, you know, even with Coco and Luca, which I love both of those, um, even just the Disney stuff, you know, with uh, both Frozen's and Moana and Encanto, which I actually really enjoyed and we, uh, didn't, I didn't really touch on that much. Um, but I really enjoyed that one also I think with those coupled with marvel and um you know even the fact that I still am you know kind of neutral even on the parks i th- I think they're doing well you know i think I think this is a good age for them, and I think mainly uh because of how well they're doing in animation these last 10 years, I think this is going to be one of those ages that we talk about for a while. Um, you know, with some of these movies that I think are going to be classics, you know, the frozen is already a classic for me. Moana is mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. So I, I think with the, you know, and we're just doing these 10 years. If you actually go a little bit farther back into like the frozen's and I would even put, uh, I would even put Princess and the Frog into this current age of Disney animation even though this goes even though that goes beyond our scope. I think that this era of Disney is you know going to rival the renaissance and you know those movies as well. So I think just looking at animation and the fact that they have Marvel and mm. you know even Star Wars I th- I think that that puts You know, this is a a pretty interesting time for Disney. I think that they're doing it well overall, even though um, live action, their in-house live action. I'm really, uh, I agree that they're really not doing great with there, and I'm very frustrated with some theme park stuff. Um, I think overall, it's still a a really good time for Disney. So, what do you want to see from Disney in the next ten years? What do you, what do you want them to do? Um, So if if, if there's, like, one or two things that you could fix that I th- they would just turn everything around or even make things better, uh, what would that be?
3: I want less sequels and less reboots. Like, it honestly made me upset that they rebooted, like, DuckTales. You know what I mean? Like That actually, they did well. And it, and, and
1: I actually didn't even mention one I of my it. favorite You're- things. The, the, the new Mickey cartoons, I think, are... Mm-hmm superb like I know that the animation style fine. is different but I think right. that the stuff that they're doing with Mickey is finally finally giving him something that is really good and not just the cartoon but the attraction as well
3: my issue is unfortunately is that I I find that and I don't want to like lump you two in here because I, do, I don't know how you raise your how children dare you? so, but I know <laughs> so sorry but you know <laughs> I don't know how much time parents are spending showing their kids the old stuff first. And that's my Mm, issue. I did. You See? You're different, (laughs) though.
0: When I I was married,
3: my two nieces, yeah. Thank you very much. Like, my two nieces, (laughs) We just just watched Snow White the other day. Yeah, I made sure that they watched a lot of the old stuff first before just going ahead and consuming the more CGI kind of things. Because... I I was raised that way. As much as yes, I watched everything that came out. At the same point, my sister and I were glued to Nick at night and watching I Love Lucy. You know what I mean. And yes, I listened to all the music of my decade. But at the same point, my grandfather was exposing me to Nat King Cole. You know what I mean. So <laughs> right. that's I'm very much somebody who <clears throat> likes to keep up with what's current and but also appreciation and appreciation for what came before and I feel like I'm not really seeing that so when I hear you're rebooting DuckTales it's like did you even maybe bother to show your kids the original one first before just you know showing them so that's what I want I want to see more original content in that sense don't just resurrect DuckTales don't just resurrect you know Darkwing Duck or Tailspin you know like I don't that's what I don't want I don't I don't want that. New Mickey cartoons? That's fine. That's great. I under that that's fine because there's no like continuation there.
1: I love Darkwing mm-hmm. Duck. I kinda want more Darkwing I love Duck. Darkwing I kinda want more Darkwing Duck.
3: Duck. I actually I also... went back and rewatched it <laughs> on Disney Plus. <laughs> that's the one thing I love about Disney Plus. They also
1: need to do so something with gargoyles there. because that's a travesty oh, with that <gasps> series has not gone time. anywhere. But oh,
3: um, Gargoyles is a great
2: cartoon. Yeah. Anyway, Josh. Um, I, I think in addition to what Chantal said, and I agree about them needing more original stuff um, <clears throat> for me, it's star Wars. I, I mean, I, I think I just want them <clears throat> to do more with star Wars. Um, they're at they're, you know, where are the movies um, right now? So, you know, I, I want to see more star Wars films that maybe don't take place necessarily in the time period where we've been familiar with um but like i feel like they're kind of i feel like so far with star wars they've been holding back a little bit like i feel like the sequel trilogy just it didn't quite deliver what it could have they they could have like give the fans more of what they want to see you know del- deliver um the these these big moments like we we could have had um you know the luke skywalker we we got in the mandalorian season 2 you know mm-hmm. we i think most of us wanted to see that type of Luke in The Last Jedi. And, and, you know, that is one area of disappointment for me with that movie. Um, I think they just could have gone for it more. And, you know, I'm excited about Obi-Wan. I'm very optimistic about it. Um, so I, I while I love seeing the familiar characters that I'm, I already love, I also want to see some new stuff, like go to the Old Republic, do like Knights of the Old Republic or, or something like that. You know, I, w- I would love to see that. Um, I think, I think in terms of their plan for the Disney plus series, um, I'm feeling good about where they're at, but the films I'm unsure about, and I don't know where they're going to go with the films. I think they need to go into the old Republic and look at the Sith and Jedi um, conflict and, and and maybe go there. But um, I just want to see more from star Wars. Totally agree with that.
1: Cool. So since you guys covered those things really well, I'm going to go to the parks and I'm going to say, you know, just, (laughs) Need some value back, I think. Um, I am actually okay, uh, with charging as much as they're charging if, uh, that value is there and if they're not stripping away, um, you know, entertainment and, and, uh, and value that used to be there that is no longer there. Um, Walt, uh, You know, while he did say that it was for everyone, I don't think that he necessarily pictured that, you know, it would be for everyone to be able to afford every year to go. Uh, So if it takes your average family a few years to save up to be able to go to Disney, but they still get to go, I think that still kind of fits into that idea. Walt also liked to make money. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I, I don't think that Disney has to be cheap. But I think that what you pay for, you have to be willing to fork over without even really thinking about it. You know, you just see this thing, and you have to go, and you have to experience it. And what it costs, it costs. And if it is the best thing that you've experienced, that's kind of what they're going for. That's kind of what what they shoot for. And I th- so it's basically
2: like um, think, James Earl Jones's speech in Field of Dreams. Is yeah, like yeah, saying, basically, yeah, it,
1: more it, or it, less. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I think as they charge more and, you know, kind of close some things and don't bring some things back and, you know, some of the street performances aren't what they used to be and there's all these other little things that you used to be able to get that you don't get anymore – um Then you pay for more things uh so it's not just just a park ticket anymore you know you pay for parking at your resort, you pay for all this other stuff um then the value goes down, and I think that's where the problem is you know i i think I think Walt had a great ability to get people to just pay you know to have a great time and just pay <laughs> and Disney rose prices back when Walt was alive too. Uh so that wasn't and they also charge per ride as well. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. Um so I'm fine with them charging as much as they do and I'm fine with them raising the prices as long as there's something to back that up and I think that that's what I would hope to see more in the next 10 years are things in the park that make that value, you know, just an it, make it an obvious good value. So Yeah. Mhm. That's what I'll say.
2: Alrighty. Well said.
1: All right. Well, I had a blast talking about Disney. as uh, so I don't get to flex that muscle mm-hmm. incredibly often. <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> I got to do it tonight. So thank you, Chantal, for kind of inadvertently coming up with this topic. And thank you. even <laughs> yeah, more. Good topic idea. And Thanks for. Thank you. Even that. more for I believe joining The pleasure us. was
3: all mine. I, I couldn't talk about <laughs> Disney all day long.
1: So uh plug everything that, that you're a part of.
3: Okay, so tomorrow You have you Jesus, have so much sixty seconds go.
0: I should <laughs> I'm almost just, I'm she, just kidding.
3: I should go get the planner. Um <laughs> tomorrow I'm actually recording um with Roe on Scarif, and I think we're having Andrew from Science Fictionary on, and we're going to be talking about um movies that had a major influence on certain genres in Mm. film so I think that'll be really exciting because that really gets into my passion which is just film in general and then Wednesday um, he's actually not part of Red 5 but he's become a recent friend of uh, Red 5 Um, I will be going on Joker Voice's channel to discuss one of my favorite topics Batman so (laughs) that'll be fun Uh, and then I believe actually free the rest of the week i might be doing a live watch party on sunday with fulcrum because gilbert made the mistake of saying that batman forever is his favorite batman movie
0: so I'm Ooh, gonna go on that fav- Eli- watch party. Favorite
3: is rough. one of him.
1: I th- I think it's <laughs> underrated, but favorite is rough.
3: He looked very worried about admitting <laughs> him that, and rightfully so, because now I'm gonna mm. rip him to shreds on some scream. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what's happening with Scarif Live this Saturday. Okay. Um, not to sound like a total pig, but my county fair is coming in is uh, coming into town, and. You know, because of the pandemic and stuff, they haven't been able to do it like the last two years. So right. I will be feeding my face on Saturday. Awesome. So I'm not sure what's got, happening. Got to do that. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just advertised a four pound mozzarella stick. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it, but I got to see it. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. Um, yep. So one more thing I want to ask you about before we go. Uh, Scarifcon.
3: Yes. July 23rd. Awesome. Not sure if I'm going yet. Just because I but just that's got a okay. new job. So I'm hoping that, you know, as soon as I start that I can go ahead and uh, book everything. I actually do yeah. have a hotel booked nice. just in case. It's just a matter now of actually uh getting a plane ticket.
1: So scare on yeah, July 23rd. 20... July twenty-third. Third. Saturday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us, Chantal. We really appreciate you coming on. And okay. uh be coming back someday too. Yeah. You're always a welcome.
3: Definitely.
2: Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Thank you for being on. We, we enjoyed this conversation.
3: I did too. Hey, Doc, we
1: better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of From a Certain Point of View. We really are uh, super appreciative of Chantal visiting and, uh, just geeking out with us about Disney. Uh, We had a blast recording it and can't wait to have her back on. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you do so. We're on all of your uh, favorite podcast apps. And if you're using one like Apple Podcasts that lets us leave a review, please do so because it helps us get out to more and more people. We are continuing our Discord watch parties. Uh, Once again, we're going to be doing a little bit earlier this coming week. It will be 930 eastern time and we'll be watching batman mask of the phantasm uh, which is an animated uh, classic uh, batman movie uh, so join us uh, in discord thursday 9 30 p.m for batman mask of the phantasm if you need the link for that it's always in the show notes and it's also on our website facpov.com uh, there you'll also find links for everywhere you can get in touch with us or send in questions or show topics. Uh, if you want to follow us on our socials, those links are there too. And uh, speaking of the socials, our Instagram and Twitter are both at certain POV pod. Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Our email address is certain at gmail.com. And if you have any thoughts about Disney that you would like to uh, let us know about, send those in to our voicemail. You can call 724 901 1783 once again that's seven two four nine zero one one seven eight three. 1783 we are part of the Red 5 Network and since uh, Chantal joined us you might as well just go over and check out the Scarif Podcast uh, they are um, Brad Rowe and Chantal do a great job over there they also just uh, recently spoke to uh, Michael Stackpole a Star Wars author so they've got a pretty cool conversation with him so check them out um you can find all of the Red 5 Network podcasts at red5network.com and on Twitter at Red 5 Network. You can find me on the internet at thegauze 85 on Twitter and Instagram
2: and also on my uh, Disney blog, Ears Gone By. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722 and you can check out my YouTube channel, Live God's Truth, if you're interested in a Christian perspective in the crazy world we live in today um also be sure to check out our youtube channel from a certain point of view and subscribe and thank you for sticking with us on this episode and we hope you really enjoyed it and come back again soon everything we said today was true from a certain point of view